Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning again, everybody. Well, you heard the recorded introduction. Here we are, the team live and in color in your studio here. We're, uh, the team that's going to answer any questions you may have, or at least try. Um, you, you heard me introduce them on the recorded introduction, and uh, we have the real crew. Sometimes we have substitutes. We got the original crew here, including Nancy Stewart, uh, my wife, and uh, co-host of this show. Uh, back in, uh, I keep, I can't believe how long it's been—twenty years. Unbelievable that we've been doing this so long. Uh, start out a half an hour, and now we're up to two hours, and uh, change days a couple times, but here we are, Saturdays, 8 to 10, uh, Eastern Standard Time, and uh, gives you plenty of time if you haven't got time, you're having your coffee or driving to wherever you're going, uh, when you have a chance, stop and give us a ring, uh, 877-960-9960, that's the old call-in number, you can text us, is 772 497-6530. So uh, the main thing is your calls, main thing uh, are your comments. And uh, you get the flavor, you get the energy going on the show. Uh, give us something controversial. I mean, uh, tell us about a good experience you had at a car dealership. That would be unusual. <laughs> if you have a bad experience, of course, uh, we'd like to hear about that. Uh, probably get more calls, I'm thinking, on uh, to Rick Kearney. Uh, he's sitting to my right here in the studio, and uh, he's looking good. He just had a new haircut. If you're uh, streaming us on Facebook or Twitter, you got to check out his new uh, hairdo. Put your sunglasses uh, on. <laughs> you know, looks like I think what happened is the clippers slipped, and they just went ahead and evened it out. And there, yeah. you know, we got a skinhead Kearney sitting next to me. But I like it. I told him earlier he looks good, and. Uh, What's more important is he, uh, he's a certified diagnostic master technician. Boy, that's a lot of words there, but what it really means is he knows everything about automobiles. And uh, he's been with me for a long, long time, 25 years or so. And uh, he's about the best technician I've ever uh, worked with. Um, if he doesn't have the answer, he'll find it real fast. He's got most of the answers. Cool thing about it is here we are, COVID pandemic. I don't need to remind you about that. Uh, people a little bit nervous about having to fool around getting routine things done like getting your car fixed and maybe you got something wrong with your car a little squeak or rattle or roll that you uh, get diagnosed on the air you call Rick and describe it uh, if you have an audio recording or video you can even send that to us but if you give it a good description and tell them uh, what, what it smells like what it feels like uh, what it sounds like he can give you a pretty accurate diagnosis it can at least uh, remind you that you have to be careful that you don't want to go and just say, fix it. Uh, you don't want to give any car dealer or independent mechanic, for that matter, a blank check. 
uh, it's just not a good idea. So, uh, most exciting part of our show, really, I think, is uh, the second half of the show, actually the last uh, 25% of the show, about a half an hour or maybe a little less, we we, uh, devote to our mystery shopping report. And my son, Stu Stewart, uh, he's also the general manager of our Toyota dealership, and uh, I say that with total transparency because I don't want to. This is not an infomercial, folks. If you haven't tuned in before, I know your regulars are tired of me saying that, but uh, we're not here to sell you anything. We're here to help you. And uh, when I say that, I kind of think about politicians. You know, uh, you know what's the what's the biggest lie in the world? The politician that says I'm here to help you, uh, or it used to be. What was it? Uh, government. Oh, yeah, from the government. I'm, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. But we are here to help you, to guide you in buying, leasing, uh, maintaining and repairing your car. And uh, this mystery shopping report uh, that um, he engineers, he, he, he dispatches the undercover agent, uh, he d- decides who we're going to mystery shop. Uh, Stu Stewart uh, works with the agent, Agent Lightning in this case. Uh, we, we've changed uh, mystery shoppers for a while uh, over the years. I mean, we've had a half a dozen or more, and uh, Angel Lightning is, is one of the best we've ever had. Uh, she, uh, First of all, she's our first regular female shopper, and boy, does she do a great job. And he, he, he dis- dispatches her, discusses it, and he writes the mystery shopping report from her notes and comments and, and does a fantastic job. So... Uh, you got to stay tuned for that. He's also the on. He, he's the real life. This is the way cars are sold today. Expert, uh, because he's in the dealership every day, and uh, he sees all the little nuances and changes. And uh, and boy, have there been a lot of nuances and changes in automotive retailing in the past year and a half during this COVID pandemic. It is. It's. Uh, I've been a, a car dealer for over 50 years. That's right, over half a century, literally. And uh, I've never seen anything like this. I don't. I think most of you folks out there can say the same thing about whatever you're doing. This is uh, unprecedented in our history, anyway. And uh, Nancy Stewart, as I say, my co-host, I'm gonna introduce her just momentarily, but uh, uh, she has a very special position on the show. And uh, you probably have noticed that uh, uh, the women's a movement, the uh, the women's rights, or whatever you want to call it, is really taking on and gaining momentum daily, and uh, it's still got a lot, a lot of way to go. And uh, Nancy is a pioneer. She's she's been pushing uh, ladies' rights uh, for the 20s, uh, for 20 years and more. And she's been a lot more than that, but on this show for 20 years, and uh, we have really got ourselves a good following. Of, uh, of female uh, listeners, and uh, she has uh, she's responsible for that. Uh, we've had to incentivize that, and it's worked. And we incentivize it. We have very good callers that come in, and Nancy will tell you about that in, the center, in, in about 30 seconds, and then they like it, and uh, you like it, and we like it because we finally hear from half the world. Half the world, if you haven't checked lately, are women men or the other half. So they're at least half as important and they need to be heard and they're heard on this show thanks to Nancy Stewart. So uh, I will turn the show over to Nancy. Good morning everyone and welcome. Yes, here we are again, Saturday morning. 
you're an important part of the show and we do appreciate your company calls youtube facebook everything including www.youranonymousfeedback.com uh i have a question for everyone and that is uh the lease that you're in right now uh, if it's up are you considering purchasing that lease because mm, there is a possibility you're not going to find um, what you would like out there in this huge shortage that we're going through uh, or did you find that you uh, well were offered thousands of dollars more for your used car uh, there's uh, some advantages out there even though we are facing uh, the shortages at the dealerships uh, because of the microchip shortage and shortage of inventory so uh, well call us give us your thoughts 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and ladies for you and for me because it makes me real happy first two new lady callers you win yourself $50 this morning. So give us a call. Give us a call. Share your thoughts, your opinion. 877-960-9960. And we have John uh, on the line from Palm City, who is a regular caller. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I want to start off with saying shame on General Motors. Shame because of the Chevy Bolt and has turned people off at buying an electric vehicle. We know electric vehicle, how fabulous they are. AAA just did a survey. 96% of the people that own an EV say they will buy another one again. I mean, we can't get better. Packard Motor Car, which was a luxury car maker, had a saying in their advertising, ask the man who owns one. Ask anybody that owns an electric vehicle, including Earl. They'll tell you how fabulous it is. Now, Chevrolet, a GM with this Bolt has had it out since 2010. It first came out in California, Michigan only. They can't seem to put their act together on this car whatsoever. It's unbelievable. Many mistakes we discussed of GM, the diesel engine, as we all discussed on the show, how that fell apart. People forget that GM went into turbocharging in the old uh, F85 in 1962. It was completely bombed out. They made 9,600 cars that year and the F-85, and 80% of them had to be called back and put back to the uh, four-barrel carburetors. I mean, it's unbelievable what General Motors, a big company like that, can make mistake after mistake, and uh, the word is on this bolt is terrible. The publicity is getting, the press has been playing it up, but they should have put their act together, and electric vehicle, we know, not only are the car of the future, but anybody that owns one, how fabulous and how great they love them. So shame again on General Motors. And uh, they also had an electric vehicle in 1997, which nobody talks about it. Yeah. It was an EV1, okay? They wouldn't sell it to you. You had to lease it only. Yeah. It was for leasing so they could take it back. Well, they did take it back, and they had to destroy them. Two of them, I understand, survived but they disabled the engines in them. I think both of them are in, in museums. So that was another total failure with an electric vehicle going back to 1997. It was a front-wheel drive, two-seater, kind of sharp looking. It looked like something 
car of the future, but it failed totally, and General Motors wouldn't even sell you one. You could only lease it. So again, with all the history, I say shame on GM. They're a leader in cars. They should have had the number one and the best uh, electric vehicle, and guess what? They bombed out on this Bolt, Chevy Bolt. I have to agree with you, John. I, I was thinking while you were describing that very accurately, by the way, uh, part of the pressure with GM is, are, is surviving. And uh, uh, when you have the pressure on you daily and you're a CEO like Mary Barra and you're uh, on the board of directors and you have a fiduciary responsibility, uh, let's face it, corporations uh, have a, a, a very serious fiduciary responsibility to make money. And uh, it's almost uh, the holy grail in, the, in business, uh, with one exception, that's Tesla. And uh, Tesla never had that pressure. Uh, they got a little bit of it now, but uh, they're actually not even, Tesla is even actually losing money now if you take away the carbon credits that they get from the U.S. government. So with, with no pressure to actually make money, uh, they, could they could devote a lot to research and to development and to safety and things that don't give you an immediate return on your investment. Whereas with the General Motors, if they slip for one quarter, the stock plunges, uh, uh, managers lose their jobs, including the CEOs, and the directors get a lot of pressure and heat. So uh, I'm not making excuses for General Motors, but it's interesting how we laughed and laughed at Tesla about losing money and all these people buying their cars, and they, they kept buying cars, and they were still able to continue, and now they've got a lead, a huge lead, on the electric industry, but your observation is very accurate, John, and thank you very much for the for that call. You're quite welcome. Okay. Thank you. I, uh, I look forward to the shopping report today. Oh, it's another good one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, John. We love hearing from you. Always uh, filled with a lot of information. Okay, back to the recovering car dealer. How are we doing? We got a YouTube over here. I see uh, Rick's got his skinhead. Rick has got his sign up. Hey, if you're streaming, you got to look at Rick. He's really, really, he looks cool. He's got a black mask on, and, he, and he's got his head shaved. He's really cool. Looks like Quite a Navy sure. SEAL. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, from Charles Reeves, he says, Good morning, all. First-time car buyer who lives in New York City. Better type, uh, let's see, better type of Toyota for the urban jungle. And which one is best for him, do you think? The Toyota RAV4 Adventure or Toyota TRD? Uh, much obliged, Godspeed. I would defer to, to Stu. He's, a, he's a hands on. Uh, like the best thing for, to navigate the, the, the urban jungles of South Florida? No, no, he's talking about New York City. City. New, New York, York City, City. Oh, true okay. urban well, I, I was going to say right. take Uber and don't buy a car. Right. <laughs> you know, New York City is definitely more urban and more junglish than, than South Florida. Um, if you had to drive a car, I would say a small car. Uh, there is parking issues. Uh, there is, I mean, if you ever just watch a movie about New York City, it's an almost impossible to navigate traffic-wise. I was there during the like during the shutdown and the, and the pandemics, and you could actually drive around, you know, without a problem. But as it gets busier again, so I would say a small car, um, a hybrid, because you'll get great gas mileage because you're going to be doing a lot of stopping and st and starting. This is oh, definitely not, sure. not a whole lot of highway driving in the city. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would think a small hybrid, uh, a Honda Civic hybrid, uh, 
I don't know. Uh, he, he seems <laughs> to be looking at the Toyota Rav Four, so I think the Rav Four Hybrid would be a good one for him. It would be, and it's a it's a it's a smaller Rav Four. It's a midsize. I drove. Mm-hmm. That's what I drove around New York City, and um, I had an easy time. But like I said, it wasn't very crowded. So uh, the smaller, the better. Uh, there you go. That's my advice. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Okay. Uh, how about some uh, text? We got any text over there, Stu? We do. Uh, we always start with Anne Marie as long as she uh, provides us with one uh, every Saturday morning. Here we go. Good morning. Automobile manufacturers have a limited supply of vehicles due to the chip shortages. There's only so many vehicles to go around. Louisiana in the Northeast just got pummeled by Hurricane Ida. A lot of people will be needing to replace their vehicles due to the destruction caused by Ida. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, That prompts me to ask, one, how do manufacturers allocate where and to which dealers their vehicles will go? Two, do manufacturers shift vehicles to hard-hit areas where there will be an increased demand? And three, how has it changed since the pandemic slash hurricane came along? Thanks. P.S. If you're looking for a furry friend, please check out your local animal rescue, like Big Dog Ranch. There's a lot of animals from um, from uh, looking from looking for forever homes, and also that's going to uh, spike uh, with the, the Ida and all that because we always see a lot of dogs coming in after. An yeah, big disaster. dog ranches bring along a lot of, a lot of uh, dogs from the flood areas in Louisiana, uh, hundreds of them. So yeah. uh, they're doing their job. Right. A lot always. of puppies. A lot of puppies came in from Louisiana. Take advantage of that, folks. So I'll take a stab at these. Um, So how do manufacturers allocate where into which dealers' vehicles will go? Um, I'm most familiar with Toyota. I do believe most of the other ones have similar allocation systems, and it's based on what's called a turn and earn, which means when you sell a car, you earn another one to replace it. Um, Do they shift vehicles to hard-hit areas where there will be an increased demand? I haven't really seen that. Um, if the dealerships are severely damaged, for example, back, uh, I can't remember the name of the hurricane, it was a big one that hit the Panhandle, wiped out a few, uh, uh, wiped out a Panama City Toyota, completely just destroyed it. Um, they were out of business for a short period of time. Um, they began rebuilding, and uh, the manufacturers will probably work with and support the, the dealers that were hurt by it, but um, I don't know what I believe they do. I, I, I'm, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking of the last time there was some big flooding in Texas, and I can remember uh, reading something about the manufacturers. General Motors comes to mind, but it could have been other manufacturers too that were targeted. Of course, it would it would fit with their turn and earn because obviously, if you have thousands and thousands of cars that have been disabled and flooded, and you you're going to have to scrap them, you know that the demand's going to be high, and you're going to have to have more there. So, uh, I think, and I, we'll have to verify that that they will uh, target the uh, hit areas, uh, hurricanes, floods, and anything it requires to bring a high demand. The problem right now is <laughs> there's no cars. and uh, I, uh, My heart goes out to those people that got to have a car. Uh, I would lean heavily on my insurance company. Uh, hopefully you have good insurance. And uh, they're supposed to pay the replacement cost. And uh, the insurance company uh, should bear the increase in, uh, in yeah. Price a huge well, we, increase in price. Yeah, we have a friend um, who has got, has a dealership just outside of Houston, and when um, I think it was Harvey um, hit or Maria hit Houston, and they had that devastating flooding. 
Um, he lost his entire inventory, and um, it was replaced by insurance. And uh, now the difficulty, yeah, this with a uh, inventory shortage, how quickly they can replace this. But I was, speak, I was yeah. speaking of the yeah. consumer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you, if, you, if, you, if your car is flooded and you're in Louisiana, yeah, you need a car. Uh, and you have State Farm insurance, you lean heavy on State Farm to be sure they understand. I'm sure they do, but make sure they get it that the prices are sky high to replace that car, and it's their problem because they, you paid them premiums to replace that car, whatever the cost is. All right. Then she wants to know, how has it changed during, since the pandemic or hurricane came along? Um, actually, there has been a change, at least in Toyotas. Um, they switched uh, from uh, for the allocations, how they, that we get cars, um, from the turn and earn to a turn rate. So, because you can't, if you can't sell a lot of cars, you can't earn a lot. So they're basing on how fast you're selling them. So they measure it and um, how rapidly, how long a car sits in the lot before you sell it. And uh, yeah. so they've done some modifications. Now, theoretically, uh, that turn and earn is a good thing for the consumer. As a matter of fact, it's it's the dealers consider it too good a thing for the consumer because if you get. Uh, if a manufacturer, if you're selling Hondas and you get 100 Hondas and you let them sit on the lot and hold them to try to get a high price for every Honda, uh, your turn rate would be very low. And the guy down the street, the Honda dealer that says, I'm going to sell these fast because I'm going to discount them fast, uh, he turns them very fast. So the dealer that holds onto the cars to maximize the price, uh, he doesn't sell the cars fast enough. The frequency of sale is so slow that uh, he doesn't get more cars. Meanwhile, the guy that's selling them like they're going out of style and, and discounting them, he's getting more and more cars. So the bottom line is, he might not make as much per car, but he'll sell twice or three times as many cars as a deal that's holding out for high prices. And in the end, he comes out ahead. The total profit he makes is greater. That's supposed to be what happens. The problem with the pandemic is everybody is out of cars. <laughs> I mean, with a microchip shortage, nobody has enough cars. So the dealers can all agree, and that's what we're seeing in our mystery shopping <coughs> reports. You stay tuned, you'll see what I'm talking about. We see that all the dealers are just saying, hey, uh, this is all the cars I'm going to get for a while. I'm not going to sell this Monster 3 I've got on my showroom floor for less than $2,000 over a sticker. And if you don't like it, go find another Mazda dealer, and guess what? you're not going to be able to find another Mazda dealer because he's got the same problem. So uh, we're in a situation now where the turn and earn isn't helping. Nope. Um, Great point. It does help with oh. the uh, with the uh, turn rate thing, I'm sure, but it, when there's just no cars to go around, I mean, it's getting worse before it's getting better. Uh, you know, For example, our expected or objective this, this month uh, is 70 cars less than it was last month, and because we're only going to get about 100 cars this month. So it's crazy. And it hasn't ended. Oh, excuse me, Stu. Uh, folks, uh, as you can hear, we're covering it all right here on Earl Stewart on Cars. And uh, heads up, keep your eyes open, do your homework. Those flood cars, they're going to make their way into Florida and everywhere else. So, it, you know, uh, it's, it's desperate times. Uh, there's a lot to consider. And like I said, uh, knowledge is power. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And ladies, $50. $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, if you want to remain anonymous and get in touch with us, www.youranonymousfeedback.com.
Com. We're going to go back to the phones and we're going to go to Moshi from Boynton Beach. I hope I pronounced What's his name? name correctly. Moshi. Good morning. Oh, Moshi. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Welcome back. Doing great. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I wanted to find out, uh, my issue is, uh, as you probably don't recall, I'm trying to buy out my car at the end of the lease. And I have one more payment to make, and uh, they tell me that uh, my bank is uh, Ally Bank. Yeah. I have to go through a dealer. Yes. Um, originally, I contacted the dealer that I purchased the car from, and uh, it was Schumacher, Del Rey, and uh, they, it seems that they wanted to hit me with additional fees, which I don't, did not think were, you know, uh, should, should belong which I know you uh, addressed many times before. Among them, uh, they wanted uh, $400 for an inspection fee, which I was questioning because I said, I'm keeping the car. Why do you need to inspect it? I will inspect it. You pay me $400. <laughs> so uh, we, we, we started with that, and then uh, uh, the salesman uh, that I dealt with promised to get back to me and never did. Uh, I called a week or two later, he apologized, promised to get back again, never did, and I can't deal with people who don't keep their promises. So, um, Probably my, because I, they don't compensate their salespeople to handle a, a lease return. They just It's just probably yeah, a busy paper. Well, yeah, that's rude. Right, so, uh, I, I had, so actually, uh, you'll find this interesting that in looking up Ally Bank and uh, uh, their affiliations, uh, your, your dealership is on their recommended list that's a good news for you because they seem to be a very reputable bank so you may that you may find that interesting for yourself they used to be gmac Moshe. they used to be a general motors finance arm and they uh, spun them off the gm sold the uh, gmac or closed it or whatever and and the spun off ally right well it was it was good i was uh, trying to find out uh, where I, you know, where I can go, and that's yeah. uh, unfortunately, the, it's the, Ally is not the only one, so we can't pick on Ally. Even Southeast Toyota Finance and a lot of other banks just won't even provide a payoff if you're not at the selling dealer, and they um, won't even honor. They'll have a different payoff for uh, you know external uh, buyouts instead of at the dealer, so you'll pay oh. more also. Um, I think really? this is a reaction to the inventory shortage. People want the the, the the lease returns to come there, and it's it's definitely consumer unfriendly. It's helping the dealers, but yeah. it's hurting the consumers. Even though it's stated, uh, the residual value is stated explicitly in the in my contract, they can charge more for the They deal? get around it by charging additional fees, which, um, it, I mean, I think that should be illegal, but we've been fighting this battle for a long time. Um, the, the whole thing with the inspection is just a liability thing. They can inspect it for free. The only part, the only reason they do that is because although you've driven that car for the last three years, um, if you resold it, you know dealers have deep pockets. In a lawsuit, they go for the you know the, the entity with the most money, and so somehow a dealer could theoretically get involved in uh, you know a lawsuit. But it's just dumb. If they're worried about that, they could check out the car, do a half hour inspection, and not charge anybody. You know, it's not a, it's just a way to glom a little extra cash. Is it, of course, but is it, uh, is it, if I don't want to pay that inspection fee, is, do I have a leg to stand on? <sighs> I mean, I think they can, I think they can legally do it. I mean, you could make a big stink, you could get the general manager involved. Um, 
Uh, it's definitely it's not a law. Uh, they're not required to do it, so it's, it's a choice. So, uh, Moshe, I, th- I think uh, you would have a, uh, I, I'd give it a 50-50 chance. The problem would be uh, you'd have to find an attorney that would handle it. It would, it would be a lawsuit, and uh, it depends on how much time and aggravation and potential money you might have to spend. Uh, I, I, uh, Stu's absolutely right. What, they, what they're doing is unethical. Uh, it is uh, it is not in good faith. If I were an attorney, uh, that's the I would go on the basis of the con- you have a contract with Ally, and 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 right. they're not dealing with you in good faith. They they would they will claim that they're dealing with the letter of the contract, which technically uh, they could make that argument. I think the better argument is uh, you were misled, and they're not dealing in good faith. And a good attorney could probably win that. But you, meanwhile, you'd have to pony up who knows how much in potential attorney's fees because if he loses, uh, uh, you're stuck. In fact, if he loses, you're stuck with the attorney fees for Ally. So uh, that's the reason more people don't sue big guys like Ally or Toyota or Honda because uh, they have unlimited funds, kind of like suing the U.S. government. And if you lose, God help you. Uh, okay, one one other question, if I may. Uh, I'm told that if I, whenever, wherever I do the purchase, I have to pay for uh, uh, registration fee and tag fee. Uh, if I buy the car, yes. which I guess we're a dealer in Toyota, which apparently is the law. My question is, the car is already registered to my name, and the tag is on the car for three years, and I have the registration in my hand. Do I have to pay again a registration fee and a tag fee? If it's registered to you, you, you would pay a lower amount would be a transfer fee instead of a new tag. Typically, at the end of a lease, the t- registration, it's, it's to you and the bank, um, so it's like co-registration, and then if you bought it out, you would get a brand new registration, but some people have their own tags on their lease cars like, like you, um, but you'd still have to pay a, a renewal fee. Moshe, is this a Jeep Cherokee? Cheap Cherokee. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, Ally owns the vehicle. They're the owner. And you, as you say, yeah. Like, yeah. So that's a, it's a change of ownership. And when there's a change of ownership and there's a new registration and a new tag, that's the reason you have to pay the state fees. Gotcha. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I thank you. You well, got good it. Good luck, Moshe. You're a great yeah. caller. Listen, uh, we love guys like you, and uh, please call again, even on different issues, because you really, you really have some insight and understanding about the yeah. way cars are leased and sold. We'd love to hear from you again. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to, uh, you know, <laughs> I try to keep my, my tuchas out of the fire. <laughs> exactly. Comment, I'll just, Thank you so much. I'll just try to, rekind- okay. try to rekindle your memory. Uh, a couple of months ago when I was in touch with you back in May, yeah. I sent you information about uh, a guy called Robert Schreiber who sued Ally. Yeah, uh, I remember. And won a class, saw, and I sent you an email on that, yeah. and uh, he won close to $20 million against North Miami uh, uh, Jeep uh, because they charged above and beyond what was stated yeah. at a buyout. Well, he's my hero. I mean, when people do that, but for every Robert Schreiber, there's a, a lot of guys that try it and go down in flames. And uh, uh, we've all been tempted uh, to sue the big guys. And uh, 
It's, it's, it's a, the system is, is stacked against a little guy. Uh, if you have uh, billions of dollars in cash and you have to spend uh, half a million dollars on a lawsuit, uh, that's pocket change. But for you or me, Moshe, nobody wants to have to be out of pocket a half a million if you lose it. And uh, the odds are never 100%. You, anytime you sue anybody or they sue you, there's always an element of risk on both sides. And they just don't care about the risk. It's just not, it's not fair. And, uh, but then again, life isn't fair, so there we are. Yeah. <laughs> Time and money. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Marjorie. Keep up the good work, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. 877-960-9960. Give us a call. Ladies, I'm still waiting. First two new lady callers. Win yourself $50. Ka-ching. Yeah. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Um, Stu, I have a question for you, yes. and it's in reference to the shortage. Would you say that uh, Toyota Motor Cars has been avoiding, so to speak, it might be a, you know, I might need a, another word to refer to, uh, but uh, they uh, really avoided, you know, uh, a lot of their inventory being affected, and now we are taking it in the chin, and uh, we've been affected, I'd say, because of the shortage, uh, a 40% hit. Would you agree or disagree on that? Well, uh, Toyota in, announced that they're going to slash global production by 40% um, in the in the coming months. But uh, yeah, Toyota seemed to weather it a little bit better earlier on. Um, yeah. But then there was we have the double whammy of COVID and um, and the chip shortage and. A lot of the delays uh, more recently are, are COVID and Delta variant related. So that's kind of affected the, uh, the, the the pipeline, so to speak. So um, they um, they actually took cars away from us that were allocated. Um, then we got them back a week later. So that just shows there's it's mm. a fluid situation they're trying to figure out. Um, I know that Toyota and, and also all the manufacturers have a lot of s smart people trying to figure out how to, how to get this going. But... Uh, it's just at the end of the day um eventually we are going to hit a wall and i'm not sure if we're hitting a wall right now yeah. or if we're just having a, yeah. a temporary uh dip so we had a little bit of an improvement in our allocation situation we're actually going to get i think closer to 150 cars and, and just to keep that perspective nor normally we would get a 300 or 400 cars um in a month uh, wholesale to us by toyota yeah and that's, so, uh, that's not happened it's a fraction of that yeah. it's a real balancing act uh, right now and uh, gosh, uh, how has it all affected you? This, uh, huh, what can I say? The it's a laundry list right now of uh, COVID nineteen, the uh, the variant that's out there, the floods, uh, oh, on and on and on. So uh, give us a call. Give us your thoughts. How has everything affected you? And are you in the market to sell that used car that's worth thousands of dollars? Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. We have a couple of texts from Bob up in Stewart. Um, oh, we have a caller coming in? We uh, just, uh, the lines just lit up, there and we're going to talk to Marty from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Great. Uh, my wife had a 2019 Camry, and we ended up, Trading that in, she didn't like a RAV4, and we got a Honda CRV. They actually, uh, the Honda dealer bought out the CRV seven months 
early on the lease. And uh, what your previous caller said, they didn't give us any static. Whatever that seven months, you know, that was added to the payoff. Or whatever the residual was, plus seven months worth of uh, charges. And they gave me actually a little extra to make the deal. And it was very smooth. There was no problem. Now, the lease was with Southeast Toyota, so I don't know if it's just that they're better company than allied but the only thing that i thought was funny is honda does not give you the two-year maintenance so when i went into the finance dealer or the finance uh, officer he said would you pay ten dollars a month to get two years worth of maintenance for free i said no he said well will you pay 93 cents a month for two years worth of maintenance. And I said, well, that sure. sounds a little better. And so uh, my lease went up by 93 cents a month. But everything was very smooth, and I don't know, it was with that Morse Honda. They were, I usually have never, you know, I usually have uh, stuck with uh, Toyotas, but since my wife didn't like the RAV4 as well, I thought it was a good deal. Marty, i got to ask you to repeat that. Did I hear you say that he dropped the price from $10 a month to $0.92 cents a month? In yeah, one, $0.93. Cents. $0.93 cents just in one fell swoop. He just said he right. came down $9.08 a month. Ask and ye yeah, shall yeah. receive. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're going to play. Exactly. We, you, if you're not a vigilante, we got to keep you on. You're a, you're a good negotiator. I don't yeah. uh, Either that or the guy at Edmore Sonda was a fool. I uh, that's not even no, good well, negotiation. I, I, I told them, I said, look. <laughs> to get that in writing? Usually I buy Toyota, as I said, but uh, I said, you're lucky you got me in here or not. But we didn't have any. <clears throat> of course, we got this in April. So I don't know. They had plenty of uh, uh, CRVs on the lot. I just wanted to ask you one other question. I always felt that if you're going to buy the car, you're better off buying the car in the beginning rather than leasing a car and then buying it at the end. Are you in agreement with that? or? What? I, Nancy and I were talking about it on the way in, and the answer is uh, yes and no. There's no Usually yes. There's, yeah, uh, you're, you're, yeah it's, uh, but you, you have to look at the lease and the purchase um, pluses and negatives and uh, the manufacturer and the incentives and a lot of other variables. But... Uh, rule of thumb is is uh, purchasing and uh, and uh, leasing. You could get a great deal on if you if you uh, have the right uh, situation. Yeah, I always felt if you're going to buy it at the end, you should. I mean, if that's your intent, you should buy it in the beginning. Yeah, it's because it, uh, in most cases you're going to overpay buying at the end. Yeah, for, for what right. the car should be worth. But yeah, yeah they, they they the residuals, Marty, are not usually accurate. Uh, and uh, in other words, your your purchase option, they're close, but typically we've seen them where they were way high, and the manufacturers do that on purpose so they can lease more cars, and then they eat the uh, overage, if you could say, but they, they really don't eat it because they pack it in when they leased it in the beginning, and they have all the controls. And there have been eras in the sense uh, I've been a dealer where the manufacturers really screwed up, and the residuals were way, way too high, and they didn't want the car back, and they were begging the customer uh, to please take the car. And they would even uh, extend the lease indefinitely, 
and do all sorts of things to get them from bringing the car back where they'd be stuck with the car to have to take a big wholesale loss. So uh, it's it, there's no. I always say, listen, unless you're a sharp operator and you'll do your homework and you'll get all the details, buy the car. You're less likely to get hosed if you buy it than if you lease it. Right, right. What would you say? Just one other quick question. What would you say is if, if you got, let's say, a $35,000 car, what do you think the total lease payment should be to say you got at least a fair deal? Like 30% of that or what? Oh, yeah. For, for, Marty, in the first place, every time you see a car advertised for lease, it's never the payment. You'll always have a down payment. Uh, lease yeah. cars years ago, there were no down payments. That was the reason people leased cars, because they didn't want to have to come cash out of pocket. And suddenly the dealers jumped on the fact that leasing have low payments, so they hide $10,000 or $5,000 down payment in the, uh, in the fine print. And then they deceive you in the advertisement by saying, uh, uh, what are some of their terms to uh, uh, no, uh, no money down, yeah. but... Right. But then there's going to be first payment uh, tag, registration right. fees, dealer fees, dock fees. Yeah. The list goes yeah. But what I was going to say is, what would you say is fair, including everything, on, a, say, a $35,000 car? Depends on the car. 13000 Yeah, it depends on the... Total... No, it's, it's a depreciation, uh, Marty. If, it's around fifty percent or more. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. End. The rule of thumb is fifty percent, but you got cars out there that are going to be sixty percent, cars that'll be thirty-five or forty percent. So the the Some actuaries the, figure that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, there's a company called AIG. Is it AIG? ALG. ALG and uh, uh, Auto Auto Lease uh, Group Guide Guide, and they uh, and they're the Bible. ALG is the Bible to all the dealers, and they uh, get their crystal balls and, and scientific and whatever computers, and they pr they predict what the value of a Honda Civic will be in three years. Predict the value of a Rolls Royce, uh, you know, whatever in uh, four years, and uh, it's pretty good. They're they're pretty accurate, and that's the way. You, so to answer your question, get an ALG guide and uh, pick the year you make model car you want to lease. And uh, they will give you the residual value, and that'll be your answer. But rule of thumb, 50% in three years. Okay. All right. Have a good day. You Thank too, you, Marty. Marty. <clears throat> 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Um, Stu, I have another question for you. Yes. With all this talk back and forth with leasing and buying and so on and so forth, and how complicated everything has gotten, can you answer this question? If I personally have a lease and that lease is up, yes. what are my options? Where am I going to save the money purchasing that lease? Uh, go out and look for another car that's equal to what I was driving as far as the brand is concerned, all the bells and whistles, in what direction do I go? I would recommend right now uh, calling the lease company and extending your lease. Um, you could probably get up to six months, um, just your same payment you're currently at, keep driving it, get on the other side if you can <laughs> of this inventory situation because uh, now there's a whole bunch of new uh, pitfalls to watch out for. If you turn in your lease, um, the likelihood of you finding a car that you want at a good price um, 
is slim to none. You're, the, the, the pickings are slim and the, the prices are high. Um, if you had to buy it out, the good news is that the value of your car now is probably worth more than what that residual is. So you're kind of getting a good deal. But things are going to stabilize. You're still going to suffer depreciation on that car. It's still a high price when compared to normal times. So if you can delay the turning in, delay it as much as you can because uh, the inventory should only improve. Prices should come down and it will be better for you. So that would be the best advice. But in the normal times, you can buy out your lease. Yeah. Um, we just discussed all the all the gotchas and catches that you can get from dealers with extra fees when you buy out your lease. And also we just learned recently that in most times your vehicle, your lease vehicle isn't worth what you would be paying for it when you buy it out at the residual. So um, usually turning it in, most people turn it in and release and they continue the cycle for years. And don't believe the dealer when he says he'll take care of the lease payments you owe because he's trying to get his hands on that car so he can sell it used and make a big profit. And he's also going to add the payments to your price on the new car that he sells you. So uh, just, I see advertisements all the time. Dealers are doing it all the time. Uh, even if you owe three payments, four payments, six payments, it doesn't make a difference. We'll, we'll pay off your lease. Well, yeah, they'll pay the lease off. Then they add what they paid the leasing company to the price of the car right. that they sell your when lease. They, so When they say they'll make the payoff, yeah. they're going to they're gonna mail the check, but the money's coming from you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was a great article in the Wall Street Journal uh, that uh, Earl found out. It was uh, last week, and it's uh, when car leasing makes sense. And uh, you might want to pull that up on the Internet. There's a lot of information right there. And uh, as Stu, you know, pointed out, and Earl, uh, there's a lot of loopholes. Uh, things, uh, things have changed considerably. Uh, with the climate that we're in right now, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And again, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. I think that uh, Rick's got some YouTubes for us. We do have. Uh, Markham50 says, hello from Vermont. I was wondering, where do Toyota, or where are Toyota dealers getting the low mileage 20 and 21 models to sell as used? Very I, interesting question. I don't know. We'd like to know. I'd like to know these <laughs> days. Okay, but if we took a time machine back two years ago, um, they're buying them from themselves. Um, there's called program cars and rental cars uh, that come in that are separate from the normal allocation system that they can use for rental and um, or not. And then... Um, sell them internally within the dealership to the uh, used vehicle department. Um, so they do this a lot. So that sounds like, oh, what a nifty way to get cars, but it's also a nifty way to cheat the advertising agreements. And so we've seen this a lot where uh, dealers will advertise a current model year used car with very low miles, but it's been titled, it's a used car, and they can advertise it um, for a, a price much lower than they're allowed to advertise it for, and it deceives the consumer as they hide the tiny little words that says pre-owned. Sometimes they'll use um, uh, CPO, and that does anybody listening know what CPO means? It's not Chief Petty Officer, you know, for you guys in the military. It stands for um, Certified Pre-owned, and most people don't know what that means, but they can actually put a car, say CPO 2022 Honda Civic, for twelve thousand dollars. That's an example. The yeah. manufacturers let them get away with that. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's pure deception, CPO, you're exactly right. What kind of assurance does that give you when you see CPO? 
Well, well, it makes you think that it's a new car because you, you just don't pay any attention to this. Well, some advertised 2022 Honda CPO uh, Civic. Yeah. What, what are you going to think? Yeah. 2022? That must be That's a new car. It kind of opens the door to, yeah. uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of questions. Yeah. So, um, also, uh, we do it at our dealership, but we don't, do, we don't do the deceptive advertising part. We'll buy cars occasionally and um, either use them for rental or sometimes we'll just let them sit and depreciate and then sell them as used cars because it's good for the, the used car inventory. But you got to make sure, and hopefully, <laughs> if you actually go in and buy one, you'll learn at some point that it is a used car and you know you're signing in on a used car if you buy it. But has um, no miles. You're still, like, yeah. uh, it was titled and registered. Therefore, it is a used car, so yeah. you have that inherent depreciation from a title registered right. used car. But, but no other butts have graced that driver's seat. Plus the fact <laughs> you're, it's eating up the factory warranty. So uh, if it's been in service and registered true. for six months, you lost six months of the new warranty. So you've got to know up front. The only way you'll find out is in the F&I office if you read the... Uh, it, papers that you have to yeah. sign, and nobody does that. We, we've seen the salespeople who are probably embarrassed by the practices of their dealerships do an early disclosure, just so you know, this one's used, but there's no miles on it, so they don't want to get caught up in that trick yeah. bag. But it's probably the policy of the dealership to keep that secret. Yeah. So no miles on it, but you'll have six months with a warranty. Exactly. In interesting. Um, Rick, I have a question for you about these uh, uh, the floods recently in the Northeast and in New Orleans. What kind of advice can you give the consumer uh, right now with, you, you know, so much going on, desperation, deception? Uh, what can you add to all of this? Any used car you're going to look at, have it inspected thoroughly. And specifically request, please look for any signs of water intrusion or flooding that because it's potential yeah, like that any car might have come from a flood area. Yeah, you can't rely on CarMax or, yeah. or you can't rely on CarMax. Uh, uh, you can't rely on, what's the other one, uh, Auto... Auto Check. Auto Check. Uh, they miss it. And insurance companies uh, uh, will report it. Sometimes it isn't picked up. Sometimes it's not reported. So, yeah, a lot of people uh, try and avoid the insurance. What Rick said is the only way to do it is to, to, to be sure is get a good technician and have them thoroughly inspect the car. A good technician puts the car up on a lift, uh, he, open, he looks on the side panels, he looks under the mats and the trunk, and a good, a good technician can say for certain this car has or has not been in a flood. And that's what you have to rely on. Yeah. Uh, Rick, do you have any now um, in this uh, 21st century, is there anything magical as far as gadgets or anything is concerned that can really pick up a flood car? Your nose Without and a flashlight. it being visible. Your, your nose and a flashlight. Really, that's about it. Um, you just basically get a search. I got a great idea. Crannies. I got an idea. A flood car dog. There you go. You train have it. A, you know, and you train them to pick out flood cars. That'd be a great idea. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll train one from Big Dog Ranch. We've got to find a bunch of flood cars to train them with. Yeah, we'll come up with a cool well, name and, well, we'll and save a lot of time. We can flood the cars ourselves. Yeah, we'll, we've got a bunch of cars. We'll have them sniff out and if they go like that. Can we put a hose in your Tacoma, Rick, and then... Uh, no. Okay. That's what you say I look like whenever we'll, I can smell something yeah, and you can't. Yeah, yeah. I can pick up anything. Yeah. We, we, can, we can use our Lexus. Any scent. Huh? Oh, yeah. We, can we put, stick a hose in your Lexus and then... Uh, yeah. Flood it and see how, how it smells. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you got to do it realistic. We'll, we'll, we'll drive it down to the uh, boat ramps okay. and just run it right on You in. can do that. I'm not hey, gonna yeah, we're joking about it, but we can, you could do that, it's right? A, yeah, uh, it's a serious, serious they can situation. They can, they can he could spot a flood car from uh, 300 yards. You know? 
Yeah, yeah dogs can find drugs, yeah. uh, diseases, anything <laughs> for the mold. Yeah. What do you think, Jonathan? <laughs> Jonathan's all, all for it. We're going to use his camera. All for it. No <laughs> shenanigans. Uh, folks, you can see that uh, you can hear that we're having a great time here. You're a big part of the show, and we enjoy your company. Join us and give us a call at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Rick is right here. There isn't a question he cannot answer, and uh, he is about to say something very important right now. As a matter of fact, talking about used cars, uh, Donovan just keyed in with one an interesting little oh, rant here. Donovan. He says, I have a small rant about car dealers and selling used Teslas. I've been shopping around for three weeks for a friend to trade in his car and move him into a Tesla. The amount of dealers that mark the Carfax report saying oil and filter was changed or transmission service was done is amazing. <laughs> I even had one local dealer in Palm Beach try three <laughs> times to get me to come in saying the car is just going through service, getting its oil changed, <laughs> and will be ready shortly. Next, they're going to try to tell me that they're filling it up with gasoline for me. <laughs> hey, Donovan, uh, uh, you two or text or whatever back in, like, name that dealer. Uh, that, that is really funny, and he deserves it, uh, to, to, to claim they're doing routine combustion engine maintenance on a Tesla. That is, oh. that is very funny. We love hearing from Donovan. So, uh, give us the rest of the information, Donovan. We'll wait to hear back from you. Any more YouTubes, Rick? Uh, just one quick note from Fun Photos. Uh, she says, our, your recent caller mentioned EV1, uh, the electric vehicles. says, I trained people how to drive them back in the day. I was a real rental agent at a very large rental company, and we were the first ones in Northern California to rent them out. Wow, cool. For the that old EV1 cars. 1997, that uh, yeah. John from Palm City mentioned that. Yep. First, uh, first uh, I guess, uh, electric car sold was General Motors. They, they had that, uh, and you had to lease it, right? I mean, yep. you couldn't sell it, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay, I got a text here. I don't. I have a visual aid. I'm asking Jonathan if he, he can put it up on the screen if you're watching. Is it going up in a second? Yeah. Uh, it says, good morning, this is Buck, your ex-UPS driver and Home Depot employee. Seeing oh. you got a new Tesla now, I'm willing to take one of your two other vehicles off your hands for free, of course. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to negotiate with Nancy. I don't know how, how well you're going to do. Uh, this, we have a little blast from the past, a picture of Nancy and Buck at the Home Depot pre-pandemic. Uh, oh, you both look adorable. <laughs> yeah, will be, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we got a, oh, I love when I get a text from Negan. It means Rick's not getting a text from Negan. It's probably your name. You know, Negan doesn't like Rick. Actually, he uh, alerted me earlier. Let's see. He said, uh, good morning, Rick and everyone. Sent Stu a link on EV recharging. Okay. All right. That so was first thing. So. These are still Walking Dead jokes. Earl and Nancy <laughs> doesn't get it. Characters named er Negan and Rick on a TV show. So He's the guy that carries the big baseball bat wrapped with barbed wire. Right. And, oh boy! Uh, yeah. And Rick <laughs> is his nemesis. So. Uh, okay, so uh, good morning, everybody. Negan here. Uh, Ford just patented the idea of flat towing EV vehicle to recharge it. I think of the business opportunity to have a tow truck recharge an EV that ran out of charge. You could tow to recharge the car or have the truck with a large generator to go out and recharge a stranded EV driver. Hmm, might be a nice retirement gig when I retire in five years. Now here I looked, I clicked the link and looked at the, uh, the patent. They're talking about um, towing vehicles behind semi-tractor trailers. And now, 
now my mind starts going, my imagination, and I'm picturing you're running low on an EV charge. There's a semi trucker uh, with this with this hookup, and you refuel in flight like a fighter. You hook up, and now you're getting towed behind the thing. You don't have to stop. You're still heading towards your destination, huh. but the rolling of the wheels is going to charge your car while you're moving. I think that's really cool. That's wow. a that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Now there wow. is one thing to be cautious that that's going to have to be specially designed because right. I actually worked on a uh, hybrid Highlander that came from the Gardens Mall. Their security company was using it oh, there. Yeah. We sold this. And they, the battery, the 12 volt battery had died on it. So they towed it with another vehicle to their Sears store. And by towing it, yeah, something like a half a mile or so, the generator producing the electricity actually shorted out the system because it wasn't designed to be done that way. Wow. And it literally melted down <laughs> the inverter assembly and the wiring on I the car. I sure hope. Ford's patent addresses that issue. <laughs> mm, I hope so. <laughs> that sounds really cool. Could you imagine doing that? You know, refueling in flight, or so to speak, or right idea. on the road. Yeah, the, Interesting. The one vehicle pops out a little bar with an electromagnet. Yours comes out with a magnet. They connect up. Yeah. And tows you along, and when you're ready to release, you hit it. The electromagnet separate, and away you go. I think that's great. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. What do we have? Uh, oh, uh, Donovan says it was. Napleton North Palm Hyundai was the one with that <laughs> surprise. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, Napleton North Palm Hyundai doing well. All they were they were doing they were doing uh, combustion engine maintenance, yep. routine combustion maintenance on a Tesla before they would sell it, and they didn't even know what a Tesla was, I guess. And he says, and University Mitsubishi is one of the others that likes to mark the cars, saying oil and filter changed. Get out of here! <laughs> oh boy. All right, we have two texts from Bob. Um, one we missed last week. He came in at the end of the show, and one came in this morning. Last week he asked, good morning, is it possible when you look at AutoTrader that Carvana um, is selling um, through them? Um, I think that's, I, I couldn't quite read it, but I think is Carvana selling an AutoTrader, and they are. Um, AutoTrader is an open uh, well, I didn't know marketplace, that. yeah, and anybody who's selling cars, uh, including new car dealers. So Carvana, that's really cool for AutoTrader. Just remember that, folks, yeah. AutoTrader.com. If you're going to buy a car, yeah. you know, buyer beware. But if you want to see a whole bunch of cars, and the best way to get a low price is to be able to shop and compare uh, different dealers. Mm -hmm. uh, every car in America, virtually, on, is, uh, on is on AutoTrader. So, and then you decide where you want to go by putting in the zip code. You can sort and choose by price, color, make, year, model. It is really an amazing website. Yeah. Just remember the prices that are advertised are not always accurate because they do not include hidden fees in the pr uh, price. So yeah. the price you see could be off by $3,000. Bear that in mind. But mm -hmm. you start out with AutoTrader, no better way to find the places you can shop and compare what vehicle you want to buy. You can you can change the, the your search radius <coughs> so you can look if you want to look as for the entire country you could do that as well if, if you're willing to ship or travel to get the car so you don't have to stick with your, your local market. Yeah, AutoTrader.com. Write, write that down. Yeah. Well, it's a way to start whether you want a used car or a new car. AutoTrader.com. Get on that website, play around with it, and you can really really save yourself a lot of time, especially and, and money. Yeah, that's it, folks. It's, it's like the Zillow of cars. Yeah. Can you can you or believe Zillow it? Brazil is the auto trader of houses. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is free. We're giving out all this free advice. It's uh, 
Not too many free things today. We so accept donations, though. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And don't forget, we'd love to hear from you at uh, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. We're going to go to Jersey, um, and we're going to talk to Warren. Good morning, Warren. Yeah, hi guys. Hi guys, how are you? Hey. Great. How you doing? Hey. Well, I, I can officially say I was one of those people involved in a flood, although I was lucky because my car survived it. But everyone around, around me has lost their cars. The guy next door mm. lost two cars, and my na- another guy lost. Everybody lost their cars, but I was lucky because I parked my car a little on an incline, and it didn't get damaged too much. Oh. And, but everyone on this block, has wow. lost their car. Wow. Oh, good for you! And the the, the, wa- the water came up so rapidly. We lived lived near a, a brook, and I never thought it before. The brook rose so fast, and the street was flooded up to the wow. above the doors of the car. Very, very and unexpected. It was totally unexpected. Unexpected. Like it. Uh, Warren, what yeah. is the uh, what's the talk on the street? Uh, what can you share with us? Uh, these uh, the, these cars that you're talking about, your neighbors. Uh, what measures are they taking? Well, they call the insurance company, and the insurance company is now with a holiday weekend and everything. Of yeah. course, that complicates it because a lot of them, like a friend, a friend over here, a close neighbor, he lost a Cadillac and it's a couple of years old, and he said the uh, insurance adjuster is going to come down next week. So he's stuck with this car, can't do anything with it. So because of the holiday, they're, they're stuck with it. But yeah. the insurance company, you know, will come down and pay off. Uh, they said immediately. They said they'll come down with checks or if there's a payout, you know, you owe the bank money or that kind of stuff, they're going to take care of. But they all have to get new cars or used cars or whatever. And I'm talking about at least 10, 15 people here on this block that the cars are worthless. Amazing. And, you know, Warren, Warren, what they should be doing uh, while they're waiting for the insurance adjuster to come out is get on a computer. Auto Trader would be a good place to start and find out what the market value and what they're selling those that particular vehicle that they own. Your friend with a Cadillac, your make model, uh, check it out. You could probably go out and check uh, 10 or 15 different uh, dealers that are selling that car right now. So when State Farm comes out and says, we'll give you a check for this, and you'll be able to say that's fair, or I couldn't find anything near that price on Auto Trader, and uh, I need more money for my car. Well, the guy next door, he's got a Cadillac and an Avalon. Okay, mm. he's got he's got both of those, and the Avalon is new, oh. only about a year old. Wow. And he spoke to the insurance company, he said they'll pay off the rest of the loan. And I, I don't know, he he bought it, he didn't lease it. So I don't know if he has gap insurance or what the deal is, but yeah. you know all these people like kind of go out and look for new cars. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, yeah. they they he lost two two cars, so that's going to make the market even more you know crazy over here. What an unfortunate. You know, situation, uh, a very unfortunate situation. And who dropped the ball? I mean, it's a rhetoric question, but goodness gracious, we had our eyes on New Orleans. Who would have thought that in your area, uh, the whole Northeast would have been affected like they were off guard? Nobody was prepared. 
Well, in fact, a friend of mine, again, with a Cadillac, I don't know, probably the last two in the world alone, he, he was visiting a friend in Queens, and his Cadillac, got, he bought it used uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. He got a pretty good deal on it, unbelievable. The car was like, he paid thirty grand with 10,000 miles on it. And that's a goner. One that goes, you know, above the door, and it gets into the engine, as you know, I'm not telling you anything, you know, no, it's a goner, because the whole electrical system is gone. And, you know, I seen him come yesterday, and a couple of cars were, there were cars abandoned all along the streets, and they were picked up by the city. But I don't know what the, you know, how they're going to do it. The insurance company could have come up and take these cars up, because they're not drivable. You can't drive them. Oh, and you can't get a rented car. If you want to hear this, rental car companies are charging $500 a week. That's in New Jersey, and in New York, I heard it's worse. You wow. can't get a rental car, even if you want one. Terrible. Yeah, Supply that's, uh, and demand. Yeah, yeah. That's a killer, because well, I, I think. I think you have to pay. Uh, if they, they give you a rental car allowance, and that's not adjustable. So that's where you're really going to uh, get screwed, is because you're going to they're going to give you an, uh, thirty dollars a day, uh, yeah, something like that. They're, yeah. give, they're giving forty dollars a day, and he's got to pay five hundred a week. Well, you know that's yeah. less than half of what. Yeah. He needs the car. So, yeah. You know what, what are you going to do? So you just got to suck it up and yeah. you know pay. And but, you know he doesn't know how long it's going to take to get a new one. You know, you don't know these things. You know, and the realization doesn't hit until yeah. I was lucky because I parked on a little bit of an incline. So I, my car had this old Ford Taurus. It probably the insurance would have gave me more than the car's worth, but who needed that hassle? Yeah. That's number one. But some people who parked on another hill on another street, the water cascaded up so fast it brought the cars down the hill and smashed them. Wow. And it was it went up the hill. The water you figure you're on a hill, you're safe. But my then the my. water went up so quickly. It came down and took the cars all. It looked like, you know, when it was done, I, took, I walked over, it looked like Demolition Derby. Mm-hmm. You know, like the cars were all smacked up. And some of these cars were expensive ones, Lexuses and Saabs and, you know, uh, you know, all kinds of expensive cars that you could possibly imagine. So I don't know how these people, if you don't have gap insurance, what happens? Like, what, 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 what is the insurance that just gives you what they want? Well, they're going to give you what they want anyway, but then you're not going to be able to cover the difference. So that's, that's you know. My goodness, yeah. how terrible. If you're going well, into a deal without uh, without equity, you know, yeah. you got to get gap if you're financing. Yeah. Boy, I hate it whenever you don't have any options. Uh, Warren, thanks so much for the conversation. I just uh, had one more quick question. I just had one more quick question. Sure. If you had a lease, okay, if you had a lease, not and you didn't buy it. Let's say, uh, for argument's sake, you had a year left on the lease, yeah. and the car was destroyed. You would have to have gap insurance. Yes. So what happens? You can go out if you had like a, an Avalon, for example, and you had one year left on the lease. Like oh, this guy has two years, but anyway, so he goes into a Toyota deal and says they have to cover. In other words, he, he's covered automatically with the gap insurance. In other words, if he's yes. paying five hundred dollars a month, and now they want six hundred dollars a month. They have to give him the difference on that. Yes, if it's um, um, if it's totaled, um, if it's not totaled, um, you still yeah, are obligated to the lease. Yeah. yeah nice thing about lease cars, if it's not totaled, you're in luck because yeah. they have to take it off your hands when the lease is up, and otherwise it would be your responsibility. And you know, anything that's been in the flood is going to diminish in value considerably, and that's what everybody should watch out for. All these cars, uh, Warren, you see all around you that are. Uh, total, uh, they're not going to be uh, taken out of the drunk- junkyard and, and, and mashed and sold for scrap steel. Those cars, a lot of them are going to find their way to states like Mississippi that wash titles. New Jersey happens to be a, a culprit, and you can go through the about five or six states 
they wash the title, meaning that it'll give you a clean title to that car. So if they take it to Florida or some other state, uh, all they see is uh, there's no flood history. There's no total. This car was totaled. They don't know that. So a lot of these flood cars are going to be retailed, and it's buyer beware. So uh, three months from now, watch it when you buy a used car. All right. Well, thank you, guys. I just want to let you know I saw it firsthand, and it's not pretty. Wow. So, uh, you know, again, you should tell people about the, the flood cars. <laughs> now, like the guy's Avalon was next door to me. I mean, it looked pristine now. It's like, you know, it looks like there's nothing wrong. Golden Star, the electrical system is yeah. all wiped out. <laughs> but you, you would never know. I mean, if they take that car, you just I guess I don't know what they would do with it. But, you know, you say, oh, wow, I'm going to get an Avalon for $10,000. You know, so, mm. uh, you know, I guess you're 100% right. you got to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Warren, paper. thanks so much for the call. Thanks. We really thanks. appreciate it. Thanks for sharing all that uh, from Jersey. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 gosh what a time to be really really careful i mean they got you coming and going uh i think that uh, we're going to go back to rick he's got some youtubes to share with us uh kit kat is asking what's nancy think about toyota not building avalons anymore well um it was <laughs> you know, I think, uh, not positive, um, Stu could probably uh, give me his opinion, uh, but I was very disappointed, uh, really disappointed. What a great car. I fell in love with the um, Avalon, and, um, well, I didn't think that I could fall in love with another car, but... Uh, After the Barracuda. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, the Barracuda. Oh, what I would give for that Barracuda. Uh, but uh, the Camry was a great car that I drove, and I really enjoyed that for many, many years. And I didn't think that there would be something that could replace it. And the Avalon definitely did. And some of us just fall in love with our vehicles, and we, well, more or less move in to our vehicle. And that's what I did. Uh, but I'm looking forward now, moving along, to driving uh, the Tesla. Uh, I'm still, uh, well, waiting for the test drive that Earl and I are going to, you know, uh, venture on someday, maybe this afternoon. We Who have knows? to figure a way to get out to the uh, salt flats in Utah. <laughs> right, then don't worry about anything. Nothing uh, to hit for miles around, just floor it and... But uh, back to uh, uh, me um, uh, involving Stu in this answer, um, is that simply temporary? Is it the Avalon going to come back uh, in a few years? Well, there's no way to know. Uh, cars have gone away, only to be reintroduced years later. Uh, in Toyota's case, Venza was one. They canceled the Venza, then it came back. And then we've seen that happen with other manufacturers. Uh, yeah, they don't really come back. They just use the same name. Same name, right. They don't look anything like it. Uh, I wasn't surprised. Uh, Avalon's a lovely car, but it's it didn't sell very much, um, and uh, Toyota made the decision to to, to can it. Um, it was interesting because they did call it the flagship vehicle of the lineup, and you know to kill the flagship vehicle is uh, seems extreme, but it's all economic. They weren't yeah. selling very much, so there you go. Yeah. The <laughs> list is getting pretty long as far as uh, discontinuing uh, cars with Toyota. I mean, what what a great car the Solera was. Uh, what, a, what a great, great car. When you see one of those on the road, uh, and I'm getting a thumbs up from Jonathan, you just fall in love with it, and someone will uh, offer you the moon. 
uh, you know, it's just a great vehicle. We're talking so, too much about Toyota. Well, it's a great brand. So is Honda, and uh, there's there's a, fortunately for the consumer, there's a lot of great brands out there right now. So um, we're going to go to. Um, uh, I think Rick is finished with his YouTubes, yep. and I'm very excited because I'm going to go to our first-time female caller, and uh, excuse me, lady caller, and that's Jackie from Riviera Beach. Welcome, welcome, Jackie. Hi. Hi. You just Can won you yourself fifty dollars. Oh, that sounds awesome! Great. Thank you. You can send me your Great contact information, Jackie, and I can mail yeah. that out to you. Okay, I will. I'll, I'll email it to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Just email that so to me. What can we do for you today? Well, I have a new car, um, a newer car now. Um, unfortunately, I'm disabled. I can't drive on the highways as much. Um, so another friend of mine was saying that if you don't drive on the highway, if you don't do that every so often, you mess up the engine. And I just wanted to know if that's true. If you keep a car, you know, sitting or maybe just uh, street driving, you know, and you don't go on the highway for maybe a year or so, does that mess up the engine? You know, that's an interesting question that Rick can answer. Uh, but you hear so many people say to you, you know, you need to you need to take her out and you need to open it up and get on 95 yeah. and just clean mm -hmm. out that engine. Uh, but I'm going to let Rick, who is the expert, answer that question. Well, okay, you actually had you. the terminology right about uh, about right is cleaning it out. Um, mm -hmm. Getting out on the highway, letting it run at a higher speed for a while, basically what that does is it heats up the oil and it heats up the engine properly. And running at those speeds at uh, 60, 70 miles an hour, the slightly higher RPMs, the carbon buildup, that get collects in the engine will be given a chance to break up and burn away and it basically just uh, it's kind of like running the dishwasher with super hot water for a good long period it breaks up all that grunt Rick, on the dishes I, and gets Rick, it out. I, I hate to disagree with an expert because I know you know a lot more about mechanics than I do but I just want to ask you this are you thinking more in, in terms of the, the past and, and then the current uh, cars. I mean, the cars today are, are a lot tougher, and uh, a lot of things that we used to think of when we broke in mm -hmm. cars and ran cars and the speeds, I was under the impression that if you bought a brand new car today, almost any make, uh, and mm -hmm. you didn't drive it on 95 or the turnpike, and you drove it probably, uh, how many miles do you put a year on the car, Jackie? Oh, mm, probably only 2,000 if that. Okay. If you drive that car for 2,000 miles a, a year around town, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of years before not driving it on the highway is going to come back and be a problem. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to get another car uh, because I didn't want to drive it on I-95 or the turnpike. If you, buy another, if you buy a new car today, almost any make, uh, I think you'll find out that it'll last a long, long time. Uh, am I wrong, Rick? You're not wrong. Okay. And the systems in the car, the computers, will actually compensate for it. But what will happen is things like your fuel economy will drop a tiny little bit. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll see some minor changes that you probably won't even notice them. Yeah. But it, it's just, it's mm -hmm. kind of a good idea. Every once in a while, if you can, 
to get it out on the highway and give it a chance to really exercise it a bit. But if she doesn't, it's not going to be the end of the world. No, no, it won't fine. be the end of the world yeah. on it. But now, just for for you argument's think, sake, though, you know, mm-hmm. I recently had a car, uh, an engine on a car that the vehicle was about two years old and had thirteen thousand miles on it, and mm-hmm. because of an issue, we had to tear that engine down. And it was amazing how much carbon buildup had gathered in those cylinders in just that short 13,000 miles. It's just the modern cars are such tight tolerances now that that carbon really does build up kind of easy. And that'd be covered under warranty, wouldn't it? Well, it was, the repair was covered under warranty there, but carbon buildup, again, it's it's kind of a nature of the beast, and it, it won't get to excessive amounts because once it really gets to a certain level, then it starts burning through anyways. But Again, it's just that chance of getting it out on the highway once in a while does yeah. help clean it out. And if you're like me, that you're going to keep a car for a really long time, it's a good idea. A to lot do of it. people just don't like to go out on the highway. I don't like to go out on the highway. And 95 is like uh, the Indianapolis 500. And I would, Nancy, and I were, yeah. Yeah. Nancy and I were on the Sawgrass Expressway when we were down going down to Cleveland Clinic. And if you're not going 85 miles an hour, oh, they'll terrifying. run right over you. So I don't blame people for not wanting to go that way. I, I, I wouldn't let that worry me, Jackie. I'd go ahead. Uh, 2,000 miles a year, uh, uh, you're going to be under factory warranty for a long time if anything does happen. But I'd go ahead and buy a car. I wouldn't let the fact that you can't drive it on the highway prevent me. And, but I still wait for two or three months because the cars are sky high now. Don't buy a car for at yeah, least no. another two or three months. No. Now, Rick? my okay. other recommendation is take mm-hmm. a nice drive out the Beeline Highway. That's just an easy run road. Yeah, good idea. And go right out to uh, Indian Town to the Seminole Country Inn and have a nice Sunday brunch. Oh, that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah, yeah. safety first. That's a great. That would be a great Thank place so to go. Much. But Jackie, the more you uh, take care of your vehicle, the more your vehicle is going to take care of you. Uh, so I uh, I don't drive my Avalon as often as I did. And, uh, you know, I really made it a practice to get it out and run it uh, because that's what it's meant to do. Um, Jackie, thank you so much for your uh, participation at Earl Stewart on Cars. And I so appreciate your call, as all of us do. And uh, you're encouraging the other ladies to give us a call. You're an important part of the show. Email me your information, and I'll get that check out to you. Okay, great. Have a good day, everyone. Thank, Thank you, you, Jackie. 877 960 9960, or you can text us at 772 497 6530. We're going to have the mystery shopping report coming up shortly, and uh, I, I believe that it's from uh, Southern, uh, Southern of, uh, Southern, what am I trying to say? Southern Palms <coughs> Mazda. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We're going to go back to Stu. Okay. We have the second uh, text from Bob up in store. He says, good morning. The shortage of vehicles going to dealers are the prices inflated to the dealers also. Um, they're always inflated. <laughs> well, they're inflated because they knock down the dealer incentives, and they, uh, they don't actually have an official announcement of a price increase because of the shortage. But uh, instead of the incentives, which are always on cars, on virtually all cars, they just cut them back. And they, so that's the same thing as a price increase. Yeah. But the official invoicing remains Manufacturers the same. are making a ton of money. Dealers are making a ton of money. And the consumers are paying for all of that. Uh, record profits for all the auto manufacturers and record profits for most car dealers. 
and it's all being paid for by you if you buy a car today. And if you wait two months, uh, you'll save yourself thousands of dollars. Yep. Great information. Uh, Stu, we're going to go back to the phones, and we're going to talk to Phil, who's calling us from Jupiter. Good morning, Phil. Hey, how are you doing? Great. What can we do for you uh, this morning? Yes, I'm a customer of yours, and I'm very inter interested in getting a Benza. With, with the way the market is, how in the world do you even get a car to test drive? I mean, do you have, actually have to place an order for the car? Yeah. Or how would you do that? Um, in, in, in many cases, and I'm going to probably say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll double check with the Venza. Um, yeah, be, uh, people are buying vehicles without driving them. Um, we don't always have a car in stock. We have uh, about 30, 40, 50 cars in stock at, at any given time during the month. So there's a chance of it, but the, the, I mean, just being honest, the one that you want, you know, with the right configuration is probably not going to be available. How long would it take him to get one? Um, six weeks ish. I'm going to say that's my standard rule of thumb before I look in the actual locator system to see what it is. But yeah, Phil, weeks. what I what I'd recommend you do: choose the car you want to shop it around uh, with different dealers. Uh, choose the car you want. Order the car you want. And even if they have a car in stock that you might want, don't buy it. Order exactly the car you want, right color, equipment, everything you want. If it takes six weeks or two months. That's working in your favor because in six weeks or two months, the prices will be down. And my other advice to anybody out there that really has got that uh, drive, you know, you get, you get this burning desire, I got to buy another car. If you have to buy another car, uh, join the Costco auto buying program and go to the dealer and say, I want the Costco price at the time I take delivery. And if the dealer says no, then find another Costco-approved dealer that will do that for you because the Costco guarantees the lowest price to you of any price that that dealer will charge any customer. So you have your cake and eat it too. You get the car, exact car you want and you take delivery in six weeks or two months or even three months and the price comes down dramatically and you get the best price that the dealer sells the car for to anybody. So, Costco auto buying program and order the car you want and wait a couple months. And one last thing, um, we, we do show five in stock, but you need to um, please call first to verify any availability. The way all these work websites work is when once a vehicle is sold, it, it, it'll come off at midnight. So if there, there's possibility, if you might see one, it could be not there the next day. It's the best we can do. So uh, call any dealership ahead. And just and tell them that if you get there and that car is not there to look at, that you're going to go thermonuclear on them. So uh, scare them a little bit. <laughs> but but oh, if you want to okay. take a look, we're showing five uh, here, but I can't, I can't, from what I'm looking at, I can't tell if they're all truly um, available to drive. Okay. And one other question I have is about the electric car. I see that Toyota is going to have their own all electric car soon, maybe next year. Yeah, BZX. Uh, when this starts happening, do you foresee uh, Toyota dealers offering charging locations for their cars, similar to what Tesla's doing with the Tesla? I mean, is, yes. is something like that actually happen? Yes. As a matter of fact, we were um, um, 
well, I can't remember if we're required for lead or by Toyota um, to install. We have four charging stations. I'm sorry, six charging stations at the dealership. Um, yeah, uh, any um, forward-thinking, good business person is going to see the need for these and invest in, in, in charging stations. Um, uh, Toyota uh, is behind the bo- uh, behind the times on this one, so Toyota dealers might be one of the last to start outfitting their, their properties. But um, we are getting one. Toyota is getting a new an all-electric vehicle next year, probably in the spring. And so, yeah, uh, the dealers will have to, to, to um, make that investment and, and prepare for the future. Well, that sounds good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. You got it. You're welcome, Phil. Great hearing from you. 877-960-9960. And uh, I have uh, $50 left here uh, for the uh, second new lady caller. So uh, take advantage of that. We're going to be running out of time. And uh, I know you could use that $50. And to uh, Lou Weber, I haven't forgotten about you. So if you're listening, please send me your contact information. Would appreciate it. Now back to Stu. Or no, we got to go back to Rick. I got a a couple of them here. I'll see. Donovan says, I'm curious as to what brands Earl thinks might not be around by the end of the decade as we're transitioning to EVs. Some seem to be taking it more seriously than others. That's anybody's guess, Donovan. Uh, uh, the ones that you know will be around in a decade will be uh, Tesla, uh, Toyota. Uh, I would probably say uh, Waymo. Uh, uh, that's a Google uh, version. Uh, it's it's going to be a different world out there because you won't really have auto manufacturers. You'll have software uh, combines with uh, manufacturers. Uh, the whole electrical concept is technology and software, and I'm talking autonomy, by the way, because you're with the electric car, you're going to have autonomy, and that's really part of the whole um, problem with people. The autonomy is uh, highly complex, artificial intelligence, super high technology, and practically there's so many car manufacturers out there, only a fraction of those have the capability of doing it. So I'd say Toyota, uh, Tesla, maybe Volkswagen, uh, maybe Waymo. There'd be a few that probably going to make it. Uh, Ford, GM, forget about it. And John Durrell, uh, sticking with our tradition of we read them, you send them, we read them. <laughs> Goodbye, folks. I'm unsubscribing. You're wearing masks in your studio is ridiculous. It muffles your voices and makes both watching and listening uh, much less enjoyable. Who said that? Felicia? John uh, okay. Burrell. Oh, I thought it was by Felicia. Listen, I know that, uh, that you know, there are a lot of people out there that don't believe in wearing masks. A lot of people don't believe in getting vaccinated. Unfortunately, uh, you're in the minority. Uh, I think most people uh, well, do, and we, we don't yeah. want to get political about it. We, we, we're, we're open about it. We believe that this uh, Delta variant is extremely serious. Uh, there was a record number of deaths in Florida yesterday uh, of, of the entire uh, COVID issue. Uh, uh, the, uh, Florida is a, is a hot spot. Uh, uh, the uh, infection rate is rampant. And if you choose not to get vaccinated, choose not to wear a mask, that's your, that's your call. In our dealership, uh, everybody wears a mask and we require, we have 80% of our employees vaccinated and we're pushing to get 100%. So that's what we do. 
Uh, if you want to find a dealership where nobody wears a mask, uh, there are a lot of them out there. We got right. one in about <laughs> 10 minutes we're going to be talking about. And uh, people just are saying there's no uh, there's no problem. Yeah. So, uh, Large majority. Good, good luck to you. I hope you're healthy and, and safe. And I'm yeah. sorry we lost you as a listener. And Markham <laughs> says, my dealer's website. Now, this is the fellow from New York that was asking about seeing so many cars on the lot, new ones. I uh, says, my dealer's website has seven 2021 certified Tacomas with less than 9,000 miles. It's been that way all summer. Do you think he's buying back lease customers' vehicles? No. Prices are greater than MSRP. No, not 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 for 9,000 miles. Those you know, but I would say they could have been possibly rental cars um, or. Purchase cars. You, um, dealers can purchase cars at the auction. Current model cars. Um, they come from a variety of, of places. But um, yeah, the, the charging over MSRP, MSRP for a new one that even sounds excessive now. With the, even with the inflated prices, and we're we're seeing them in the ballpark of new par- car pricing. But to be over the MSRP of a new one, and how old are these? Three years old. They're twenty ones. Twenty ones. Okay. Yeah, these are probably program cars. Maybe demos. Uh, who knows? But um, they didn't probably didn't come from the normal um, allocations. And one possibility, he really doesn't have the cars. He's just advertising yeah. them. It sounds. Yeah. I thought I understood it to say happen. all nine thousand miles. Seven uh, car, seven Tacomas. They're they're all twenty ones, uh, and they're Tacomas. And they all have the same mileage. All less than nine thousand. miles. Oh, less than nine thousand miles. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we know. I mean, d- dealers will advertise anything, whether they got them or not. Yeah. And uh, so. That's uh, Stu's actually the analysis is correct that if he really has them, that's what they are. Yeah. Uh, I'd say an equal possibility is he really doesn't right. have them. Yeah. You come in and he's going to switch you to we've something never else. Seen, we've never seen that happen before. In this show. <laughs> we've hey, never, was we've the, never seen uh, ghost Rick, cars. Was the odometer messed with? Hmm? <laughs> ah, cert- that's a possibility. Anything's possible today. Of course, uh, I, I wonder if it might be similar to like when they have the Honda Classic down here, the the uh, golf tournaments, yeah. and the Honda dealers. You know, give them the brand new cars to drive for all the various people, the yeah. dignitaries coming in. It'd be demos, yeah. Then they wind up selling those. At Here, here's a great way so. to get uh, absolute uh, certainty as to whether a dealer has a car. You call them up on the phone and you say, I want to buy the car. Uh, I'm going to give you, uh, I want the out the door price. And I'm going to I'm going to come down with a cashier's check for that full amount. And I'm going to drive the car home. And, uh, if uh, if they gives you an out the door price and it's a fair price, then he's got the car, and you go down there and pick it up. But nine times out of ten, or ninety nine times out of a hundred, the answer is going to be hama hama hama, and mm-hmm. they won't. They'll be tap dancing and blowing smoke, and <laughs> it won't happen. Yeah, sounds like Jackie Gleason. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh, we're going to go back to the uh, phones, and uh, I believe Mimi is a regular caller from West Palm Beach. Uh, good morning, Mimi. Good morning, Nancy. It's nice to hear your voice, and I am glad you're being careful. Thank you. Oh, you're um, welcome. Two things. I just heard you say, someone, that they can wash a title, which means that a person like me, when my 2008 van dies, would not be able to know if it was flooded. That's How correct. That's correct. There, there, oh, there, my there's goodness. Some... There are some states out there, and Mississippi and New Jersey come to mind. There are three or four, most of them. Florida happens to have some very, very good title laws. And uh, 
you can you can trust a Florida title on the car, but uh, uh, there are a lot of states out there. Uh, there there are a bunch of vultures around that every time there's a big flood or a disaster, uh, these dealers buy up these cars from the disaster area, and they have it down path. They know where to bring the car, and that's where the word term wash the title because the car will have a title to say it was in a flood, it was totaled, or whatever terrible thing happened to the car. You go to the, the state with the loose title laws and you wash the title, you get a clean yeah, title. You get fake documents, you go in there and you wind up with a duplicate title that doesn't show any yeah. of the problems with the car. And then you take it anywhere you want and sell it, even in Florida. But in Florida, uh, if you see that the pre it was briefly titled in Mississippi or New Jersey, uh, you gotta be very, very careful because that's where most of them come from. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, thank yeah, you for yeah, the hint. That's, a, that's amazing, isn't it, Mimi? I mean, we've got, yeah. we've got so much to be concerned about, worried about, uh, you know, so much information to look up, and uh, gosh, it's, it's crazy out there. It's a minefield. Yeah, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, did I, oh, yeah. About the uh, 2008 van, I followed your advice, and it's a conversion van. And what I did is I took it to the dealer. I don't know if you remember, it's my mechanic said it was electrical and he couldn't do it. So I went and I let them diagnose, diagnose it. I really didn't say too much. I mean, the stuff is on the dashboard about the big brake light and I forget what else. The swervy light is, was on and another one. Oh, it said ABS. Mm-hmm. So the diagnosis comes back. It needs an ABS module and a hydraulic system, hydraulic something. So uh, the bill was going to be $2,080. And um, so I'm figuring I guess I have to do it because my man can't do it. I didn't know if he could do that. but So what happens is I say, okay, go ahead. And then um, they tell me they can't do it because the ABS modules are on a back order for the whole country. And so I, they said they cut my uh, 200 and something dollar diagnosis to 100 and said, we're so sorry, we can't fix it. We'll call you when the ABS module is available. Well, I get in the car and it's driving very well. The ABS light is no longer on. I don't see the brake light coming on. I don't know. I mean, oh. the, the swervy light is on and the other... Uh, the other um, thing that goes next to it. But I was wondering, um, I can't imagine, have you any idea why the ABS light is no longer on? Do you think they disconnected it? No. Uh, what'll happen is sometimes when when the module starts to act up and the, the basically it's a booster pump, that hydraulic pump, when they start acting up, they're not uh, having a problem all the time. It's kind of an intermittent thing. It, it'll work and it, it sticks and then it works and it sticks and it works. So as part of their diagnosis, when they were checking it out in order to see, you know, verify the codes and that, they would have cleared the codes out of it. So at that point, it, it wipes the memory of those old problems and that shuts off the lights. Then if the car is running normally, you know, if everything's working good for right then, you'll, you'll feel fine but it's very likely that problem is going to come back. So I would watch it very closely and just be cautious as you're driving, you know, watch the brakes while you're driving. 
uh, there's a very good chance that it's going to come back and you're going to have that condition start acting up again. Mimi, how, how badly do you need that van? How, how many miles a year? In the next year, how many miles will you put on that van? It's my only transportation. Okay, um, how, how many miles? It's, it's not that many. I guess 8,000 at the most, yeah. if it did. I think, you know, with those lights out, I, I hate to uh, inspire any deviousness, but I don't consider deviousness against devious car dealers devious. Uh, I'd, I'd consider selling the van. You could get the maximum amount of money for that van today compared uh, to how you'll get uh, any money you'll get in the future. You get more money for the van today. And the fact that the, uh, the uh, indicator lights are, are okay, I try to dump the van, get as much money as I could, and figure out some way I could get by without the transportation until I could buy another car uh, in two or three months for a lot less money. So if you could survive two or three months and you're only putting 8,000 miles a year, that's, you know, you, you could look at Uber or, or Lyft or a carpooling or a, you know, borrowing a friend's car, uh, uh, even uh, to public transportation of some kind. Uh, I don't know how big an inconvenience that would be to you, but <laughs> economically, that would be the ideal experience. Ideal so, so how much, uh, approximately, how much more do you feel I would sell a 2008 Dodge van for that um, if, I, if I had to sell it now versus waiting until three years from now when I decide to change vehicles? I tell you what, uh, I, Stu could give you a better idea than I can. Uh, he's he's active in the appraisal and used cars today, but uh, the best way to do would be uh, to get an appraisal on the yeah, car and get a, get an offer on the car and shop it around to two or three sources. Yeah. Stu, do you have a ballpark for? Uh, I I don't. I could load it, and I was doing something else. Yeah. Um, well, well, uh, Stu's looking that up. Mimi, has the uh, van has is it handling any differently? Well, actually. Um, well, yes, that, because the brake light uh, doesn't go on, and, and I feel a little more confident. But I, I still have to warm it up for about three to five minutes. Otherwise, it doesn't want to engage nicely and smoothly into reverse so I can get out of my parking spot. See, oh. previously, it would buck and not and act really strange. That it, you know, because you could, it sounded like the engine and the transmission, something was desperately wrong. Now, if the engine does sometimes hiccup a little, so I know it's not perfect in there, and uh, that's why I'm, you know, yeah, it, so, it's old. So you yeah. do notice, you know, you do notice the handling uh, that is a little, a little different. And uh, from the giggle uh, that you made, it sounded like as if that you're really not in the position. Uh, to take that initiative to sell uh, the the van right now, even though you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel with uh, it being worth more than it well originally was. Well, how much more? You know, it's just a matter of you know a thousand dollars more. Yeah, at least fi finances. Yeah, exactly. At, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And as Earl said, uh, at, at least a thousand dollars more. So, Studi, I'd, I'd probably best it to get an email and then I can give a thing. Uh, but Earl's uh, advice is the best: is to get an actual appraisal. Things are so fluid right now, and so even you know over the phone, it's it is it is a difficult thing to do. 
And what I wouldn't want to do. Yeah, I'd have to bring it in and let them them try it out. It only takes about 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Okay, well, I appreciate that. And have a wonderful day. Oh, thanks, Mimi. Thanks for following up with us. And uh, give us a call again. 877-960-9960. Or, well, actually, you can take advantage of that number right now because uh, we're going to turn the phones off. We're going to shut them down. Uh, But you can text us. You can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, you can grade our mystery shopping report on Agent Lightning. Uh, What a blessing she is. Uh, she does a fantastic job, and uh, also with uh, Stu's work and creative writing, uh, we have uh, just a fantastic mystery shopping report weekend and week out. And we're going to go to Southern Palms Mazda. Uh, as you can remember, we have been in and out of Mazda the past couple of weeks. <coughs> so take advantage and vote 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, I like this pattern. I like the idea of going to the same make uh, and dealers in the same market. It gives you a really good feel for comparison if you happen to be in the market for that particular make car, Mazda. So uh, for the last two weeks, we targeted <coughs> Mazda dealerships. Last week, it was Wallace Mazda Stewart, and the week prior was Mazda Palm Beach. Both received low but passing scores. Uh, neither enforced any kind of mask policy, uh, shocking, and uh, you know, we had a, a criticism earlier about the fact that we're wearing masks. Uh, it's unfortunate. We have a, a small minority, there's a, a, the people out there that think this um, Delta variant is some kind of a joke, and unfortunately, uh, with the death rate hitting new records in Florida, uh, we don't think it's a joke. Uh, so we've shopped a third time, and uh, uh, Stu mentioned the shopping report here. Our area has a 20% COVID positivity rate. Now, you know what that means? Uh, if you're in a room with 10 people, two of them have COVID. Probably more, probably more than two when you're that yeah. high. It's yeah. undercounted. Yeah. So uh, when, you're out and, when you're out and about, folks, uh, third of you're passing people all the time. Every couple of minutes, someone's walking by you with the COVID. So if you don't want to wear a mask... Uh, I, uh, I started to say I understand. I really don't understand, but yeah. I, I respect I, your right. I don't relish the thought of being on a ventilator. We decided to keep the theme going, so we picked another Mazda dealership, Southern Palms Mazda in Royal Palm Beach. We've been to Southern Palms Mazda a couple times before, back in the February of this year and back in March of 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, that expose was actually the second mystery shop we did after the national emergency was declared on March 13, 2020. Three years ago, Southern Palms Mazda was Royal Palm Mazda, a Penske Auto Group store. This is confusing to me. I can imagine how it seems to you, but car dealers change names a lot and change ownership a lot, and a lot of times you don't even know about it. I mean, a Rigo Dodge uh, was sold, uh, a Rigo Chrysler Jeep Dodge, three or four stores was sold a couple of years ago, and people still think it's a Rigo, but it's owned by the Morgan Auto Group. So car dealers, are, it's like a game of cards here. They're, they're uh, wheeling and dealing, and, and uh, you don't know who owns the dealerships oftentimes. In this case, it's typical. We're not even sure who owns it. We think it's a guy named Terry Taylor, who is kind of like the uh, Howard Hughes of car dealers. He's very mysterious, and we don't know where he is or what he owns. No, no one's ever seen him. 
What's that? No one's ever actually seen him. He's like Howard Hughes. <laughs> really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, three years ago, Southern Pops Lazo. Okay, well, I did all that. Uh, they was his company. I, 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 I forget it because it's such a, uh, you know, automotive management services. Oh, that, that's an exciting name you remember. Uh, <laughs> and he's got, he's a, Terry Taylor owns more car dealerships than any other private person in the world. And, uh, and they're kind of, you know, let's say they're undercover. You don't know who owns them. Royal Palm Toyota became Southern 441. Royal Palm Nissan became Southern 441 Nissan. Yawn. And Royal Palm Mazda became Southern Palm Mazda. Okay. At least we think Terry Taylor, we think Terry Taylor owns it. Terry Taylor, notoriously stealthy. There wasn't much news to be found online about any subsequent sale of the Mazda dealership on Southern Boulevard. We spoke about Terry Taylor's preferred anonymity during a recent show. Uh, in both of our recent Mazda mystery shops, Agent Lightning picked out a new Mazda 3. Okay, that's good. Both dealers used the ongoing inventory shortage to justify prices way over MSRP. I mean, I mean, paying over sticker? Yeah. Everybody's paying over sticker now. Will Southern Palms Mazda follow the same path? We sent Agent Lightning back into the field to find out. Here's a report. I'm speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived at Southern Palms Mazda early in the afternoon. I parked my car, got out, walked to the inventory while I made a quick phone call. A woman came out to greet me, and I let her know I would come in after my phone call. We're seeing a lot more women uh, salespeople, it seems like. Yeah. I wonder if it's because Agent Lightning is a woman. I don't know. Do you think they do that? Maybe. Do you think they're that smart? I don't know. Women are very smart. Yeah. A minute later, a young man came out to greet me. Uh, I told him someone else had already helped me, and I would come inside in a few minutes. I finished my call, went inside. I saw the woman who had approached me outside. She saw me and made her way over. She asked how she could help and told me her name was Caitlin. I told her the same story I used at Mazda Palm Beach and Wallace Mazda. Third week in a row, as I said, Mazda dealership, Mr. Chops. I was shopping for a new car and had settled on the Mazda 3. Okay, same model. I love this. I also, I also uh, let her know that I really didn't want to overpay for my new car. And I had already experienced what I felt was price gouging at a couple of other Mazda dealerships. Now that sets Caitlin up pretty well to know uh, she's not going to be a lay down. We talked about the vehicle scarcity and she acknowledged it wasn't the best time to buy a car. That's <laughs> Nice of her to admit that. Uh, selection is low. Prices are high. Outside of that, it's a perfect time right. to buy a car. <laughs> when I asked about the availability of the Mazda 3, Caitlin perked up. She enthusiastically let me know that she just received a new shipment of vehicles, and there was one Mazda 3 hatchback in it. It was still parked in the back, uh, back lot waiting inspection. She said we could take a look at it and then uh, let me back in. Let, let me back, back in. The, three, uh, the Mazda 3 was parked in the back as promised. It was still covered in protesting plastic film from transport. So nobody touched the car. That's the way the cars look when they come off the truck. They're covered in plastic. So the, nothing had been done to the car. The MSRP was 24845 and there was no addendum. But I don't think it had been there long enough to get an addendum. Uh, you know, that's exactly right. Caitlin went over the vehicle, impressed me with her knowledge about the car. She said the keys uh, were with service and the service department, but if I truly wanted this vehicle, she could run the numbers for me. 
if I was happy with the numbers, they would rush the inspection process and get it back for me to take home today. I told Caitlin I hadn't really considered a hatchback, but seeing one in person, I decided I really liked it. I said I'd like to work a deal on one. We went inside, found the seat at her desk. Caitlin entered uh, my information on the computer. She asked if I was financing, leasing, or paying cash. I said I was paying cash, maybe financing. She asked me, what was the most important to me, price or payment? <laughs> what did I tell you? I mean, that's, that's a smart question, and that's the way you maximize your profit. You hope they say payment. payment. If they say payment, they got you. <laughs> car dealers love payment buyers. Then she asked what my ideal car payment would be. Mm. Now, that's, that's just very smart. Ooh. I mean, she's been through school. I mean, they, she's asking well, and saying all the right things. I told Caitlin that all I cared about was the out-the-door price. Whoa, she hated to hear that. I said I was able to get prices from two other Mazda dealers in the last couple of weeks. Okay, now remember that. Don't talk payments. Talk out-the-door price. Learn from Agent Lightning. Caitlin told me she uh, needed to be upfront with me so I wouldn't be surprised. She's preparing you now. She presented the numbers. I don't, I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to faint. She didn't say that. I said that. She said the car already had some packages pre-installed. Now, that's strange. Think about Because it's that. still a plastic wrap. I mean, right. They couldn't even have all the stickers How could they have installed anything? Right. She said the car came with lifetime window tent. <laughs> lifetime window tent. Paint protection and nitrogen. The famous nitrogen. Folks, uh, it's hard to believe that so many car dealers are still shoving that nitrogen on their customers. And so many customers aren't complaining Check consumer reports, nitrogen is worthless in your tires. It does nothing. Okay, Caitlin asked me to give her five to 10 minutes to speak with her manager. Wait a minute, oh, I skipped something, didn't I? I asked her how much all that stuff added to the price would be, and she said she'd have to check because the price was changed regularly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the price changes regularly every time somebody new walks in the door. Uh, <laughs> the, the price goes to how good you are, if you're a sucker, you get the, all the money, the highest price. If you're a smart shopper, you get the best price you can get. And in today's market, it's still going to be high. Uh, anyway, I told her I didn't need any of the garbage, uh, nitrogen, and the, the like. The market value selling price was MSRP, 24845 They added to the sticker nitrogen for $99, permaplate, uh, paint that's, that's protection, paint yeah, for almost five hundred dollars, four ninety-seven. Lifetime tent, which is the dumbest thing I ever heard, three ninety-seven. Total purchase price was twenty-five thousand eight hundred thirty-eight dollars, and on top of that, they have two hundred eighty-five dollars in taxable. That's a key word. Taxable fees. Taxable fee is a hidden fee. A real fee is a government fee. Taxable fee, BS, government fees, okay. And a $999 dock fee, hidden fee, all told the real selling price was $2,277 MSRP. I took the sheet and studied it, and I said, yeah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I told Caitlin I was getting better deals from the other Mazda dealers I'd shopped. Now, normally that would work on a car salesman or a dealer, uh, but it doesn't work today. She said, 
I really couldn't get bear since she was showing me a hatchback. I agreed, but I said I had no intention of paying for the worthless addendum, addendum add-ons. And the add-ons hadn't even been added on. Right. They were, the car was still in the plastic wrap. I said I would consider taking it home today if she would take off all the extra charges that took a price way over MSRP. Caitlin asked if I could give her some more time to speak with her manager. Back and forth. Here we go. She came back after a few minutes said that her manager told her to ask me what price I had in mind, and he'll tell me if he can do it. I mean, may I have this dance? Now we're going to dance, okay? We're going to do the, if I could, would you dance? And uh, Agent Lightning doesn't want to play that game. I replied that I would not get into that game with him. I said I wanted to see a new sheet with a price minus all the add-ons. Read my lips. Okay. Now this, again, would work in a normal market. Not this market. Caitlin returned to her manager. She was back in a minute, reported that her manager said we weren't comparing the same cars. And although he's willing to work with me, he needed me to tell him what my price price point was. Okay. So that's he, he's going to stick to his guns. Because why does he? Why can he stick to his guns? Because somebody else is going to buy that car. When when Agent Lightning walks out, if she were a real buyer, they will sell that car at the price they're asking. Because there's only one, and the other dealers only have one or maybe none. I shook my head, told. Uh, uh, told Caitlin I wasn't doing this anymore. I told her they would have had a deal if they gotten, hadn't gotten greedy with all those unwanted worthless items. I stood up and thanked Caitlin for her time and, she, and let her know it was her boss that cost her the sale. P.S. The manager never came out to try to stop me. Again, usually they would. But he said, why? I don't want her. I don't want to give her any concession. I don't want to give her any discount because 20 minutes from now, or maybe tomorrow, I'll sell the car for all the money. Um, and as I said earlier, not a single person in this dealership was wearing a mask. Not a single person. And probably most of them aren't vaccinated. The place is a beehive of COVID, <laughs> and they're dumb enough. I, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 getting on, I'm getting off the topic here. Epilogue. I'm with you. This report sounds eerily similar to the last two Mazda shops. Uh, is this supply and demand or price gouging? I'll answer that. Unfortunately, it's supply and demand. Price gouging uh, is, is a, a bad thing, but so is what they're doing. It's unethical. Price gouging is, uh, by legal definition, gasoline is by price gouging. Uh, Necessary. Pharmaceutical me medicine. Water. Is, yeah, water is price gouging. You don't have to have a car. So because it's not a necessity, Usually you don't have to have a car, uh, but in this case here, uh, just uh, unethical, deceptive behavior is all it would be, and it ain't that unusual. Now we got to vote. Yeah. Well, we got some coming in already. Oh, good. Uh, we have Jonathan Wellington says BS fees are unacceptable. I'll give this dealership an F. And foreign buyer does not purchase a vehicle based on a curve. And then over here on Facebook we have uh, Linda, another F. Good gosh. Um, I'm going to kind of disagree with that. I, I don't like the, the addendums, and I don't like, uh, yeah, I just don't like the addendums and the fees. They could have handled it better. I think it was more uh, 
rudeness um to tell you the truth i mean even at our dealership you know we're a one price dealership we don't and we've had people and this has happened recently where someone came in during this pandemic during this shortage and um wanted to get discounts and we didn't do that but we handled it up front we explained what our, our process is and a manager will come over and, and apologize and say i'm sorry we can't meet the price and and but the back and forth thing is is ridiculous and we've had situations where people didn't want us to negotiate and we wouldn't they left and the car was sold within hours of, of, of them turning change of them turning it down they changed their mind came back and the car's gone i mean that's happened but sure it's, but uh it's i think they uh were rude about it and, and mishandled it uh, martha on facebook also gives them an f but i'm going to go ahead and give them a uh, another low passing grave like the other mazda dealerships i'll give them a d plus d plus rick well i've got mark anderson says mark from st louis F add-ons were only added onto the price. Tom Gilliland or Tim Gilliland, sorry, different dog, same fleas, D minus. Tom Steckel, F owner didn't go to Penn State, he went to State Penn. <laughs> Brian said <laughs> with a D, give me five bucks with a big fat F. And for me, I'm I'm gonna go with the D, say D minus passing yeah. grade, yeah. but. Yeah. You got to be ready to, We're to get go some, in there. Yeah. We're getting some. Anne Marie came in says yeah. D for crummy behavior, um, all too common, not felonious, just obnoxious. And I'm, I'm right with Anne Marie. Yeah. <laughs> I like that too. Yeah. Nancy? This stinks. <laughs> I'm sick of it. <clears throat> uh, first of all, unethical, uh, price gouging, uh, supply and demand, uh, whatever you want to you know, classify it, name it. Uh, no masks, none. Was anybody wearing a, a vaccination pin? Was there any sign of anybody who was taking this pandemic seriously? And please, when was the last time I was asked, what do you want to pay for this? What can you afford? Goodness gracious, wow, music to my ears. Anyway, old tactics, I give them an F. Uh, we got a couple of minutes. I just want to read something from the Wall Street Journal. This is today's Wall Street Journal. For you folks who are thinking about buying a car. Uh, meanwhile, car companies are pulling back on discounts and dealers are increasing prices, resulting in buyers often having to pay top dollar. Some shoppers are shelling out several thousands of dollars above sticker for certain high demand models. Throughout the summer, the average transaction, pri transaction price on a new vehicle has continued to hit new highs and jumped, jumped nearly $6,000 in August. Do you hear that, folks? The average new car price in August went up $6,000. So you want to buy a car today, you're probably going to pay $6,000 more than you'd have to uh, in August prior, prior to your month to reach a record 41738 per vehicle. So there are the statistics. You make the decision. Do you want to buy a car today? I'll leave it up to you. And how would you vote on this mystery shopper report? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to copy a Stu's grade of a D minus. I, I, I pass them. I don't like the way they operated. But uh, they're, they're still, they're not much worse than the other Mazda dealers. The purpose of shopping three Mazda dealerships was to find a sanctuary where you might be able to buy a well, Mazda in this market. There are none. I, I just, I, I hate hearing that, you know. Well, the other dealerships and uh, every, everything is so 
I don't, I don't know, uh, give and take, and uh, it, it just stinks. So, uh, anyway, we have uh, two minutes left, and uh, I want to, uh, what, where, where did you co quote that from? Was that the Wall Street Journal this well, morning? It, it, today's Wall Street Journal, yeah. Okay, folks, if you want to take a look at that, it's in the Wall Street Journal this morning. Uh, uh, enlightening, for sure, $6,000. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to be right back here next week. And you can stay tuned at 8 a.m. next week. And, gosh, we enjoyed the time that we spent with you. And uh, have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe and be well. Thank you.